Good afternoon. You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio, and this is Local Media This Week, the programme where we look at the local print media, the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo, and we see what they're talking about there. The programme is sponsored by Roots Griffin Photography, Roots based in Fecal, and we thank her very much for that. I'm joined for the first show in uh, 2024 by our usual panel, all the, the usuals turned up this evening after their Christmas holidays last week. John S. Kelly. John, you're very welcome. Thank you, Jim. Delighted and to be here. Pat O'Brien. Pat, good to see you. Thanks, Jim. And, and, and happy New Year. And David Fleming. David, good to have you back. Thanks, Jim. Anyway, we've uh, looking at the front pages, I suppose. the front Well, the front page of the Clare Echo is, is there's a wraparound advertisements on the front page. So you have to go slightly inside to find the front page. But 315 million year old fossil found in Clare. Um, and we have historian, I don't know, this, this, this doesn't come under history, I suppose. But oh, well, uh, it's a broader a sense of paleo. <laughs> what do you think, John? Uh, well, a, a 315 million it's, year old sponge. It's, it's unbelievable, but it's, it's a reality. It's a sponge. Um, a sponge. Not one now that you'd wash your face with. No, well, that's what well, you not in the state it's in now, okay? But a fair play. Imagine discovering a fossil that is over 300 million years old. The mind boggles at the enormity of that. He, he says that it's the largest in the world of that type of fossil. Yes. Yeah. And um, it was found uh, at the Cliffs of Moher. Yeah. And the geologist in question, Dr. Eamon Doyle. Um, and uh, bonus points for anybody who can pronounce the name of the oh, okay. fossil. I give up uh, on that a, it's one. A, it's a toughie, so you might have to buy the paper. But part of its name is Bal Balorai. Um, and he explains there that uh, that comes from the god Balor, who had one eye. The evil eye. Yeah, Ooh. the evil eye, because the sponge itself, when it was a sponge, had an opening like an eye. And I, yeah. I, I think um, they, they talk about it there. It's like a, a Venus flytrap. But it's pictured on page five of the champion and page one of the, of the echo. And page 11 of the echo as well. And page 11 of the echo. And there's three of them there, Dr. Eamon Doyle, Dr. Joseph Botting, and Dr. Lucy Muir. Mm. And a sponge, a sponge was a... A living, oh yeah, it still is a creature or it's yeah. organism. It's an organism, I suppose. It hasn't got. What is it? He actually says it there in the article. Honest to God, Jim, it's really worth buying the paper to, in order. To, <laughs> okay, um, so we yeah. So it's it's covered in both papers, but the yeah. who gets? We, we were we were wondering before, and who gets to keep this? I suppose the person who found it. Yeah. Would he be representing a wonder university? He could be if he's funded by a university. The university might own it, but it doesn't. He doesn't uh, claim to be of any particular university. So um, it's early stages, are they? Yeah. Isn't it? So it's been it's it's been published, and it was probably found a while ago because it's been the news has just come out now. But yeah. it's another. I would hope that if he's not doing anything with it, that it might be put on display in the barn. In the, in the visitor centre there, it would be an attract. An well, attraction. I'm going to pose now a question that demands the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> Isn't that what we always give our listeners? <laughs> <laughs> Why her tales? So, um, if you 
own it. You found it and will say you're cleared to own it. Although I have my doubts that, that uh, there's a certain amount of the sea uh, that would come in under the state, con uh, state influence. Yeah. But we'll say, anyway, and you were quietly offered, legally, a hundred million, a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand. Mm. Instead of waiting here for the weekly draw, you, you would have it all in one go. Would you sell, sell it? Of course I would. Oh, and you... Uh, uh, but I'd uh, be hoping that the Burren Centre might be offering me the hundred thousand, <laughs> so that it might be publicly displayed, or indeed a museum. Um, I think after this discovery, we'll see a lot more people going to where this was found to see yeah. if they can find... If there was one, there might be a few others. Indeed. And uh, they could be looking for money. They're for probably down there at the moment. They probably are. Of course, yeah. Okay, listen, we'll go to something else, another topic that where um, never seems to have enough money, and that is uh, the health stories that are in the paper today. Looking at the front page of the Clare Champion, uh, staff trauma at the death of Shannon, teenager. And, of course, we, we've mentioned her before, the tragic story and the tragic death uh, last year, I think, or maybe two years ago, of Aoife Johnson, uh, a Shannon girl who died in the University Hospital in Limerick. Um, and I suppose the, there's another review has been announced by the government into the death of, uh, of this girl, and it's chaired, I think, by a High Court judge. A retired Chief Justice, Frank Clark. Yes. And yeah. uh, controversy about that. So the terms of reference has, have, have, um, have been agreed, but seemingly and strangely, the family, the Johnson family, were, were not consulted. Or we're not, you know, they, usually you'd be, you'd have a conversation. Indeed, knowing that the press is going to pick that yeah. blooming point up it's, anyway. It's, and it's you had uh, also uh, a complaint from, from um, local politicians in Dublin that they weren't consulted about a, a particular hub. I mean, what does it take to consume a sufficient amount of, of cop on? Yeah. I think that's lacking. You see the cop on and the, and, and the savvy. Yeah. Um, and you'd think that some civil servants um, should be. Of course, our politicians should be there to curtail the, but if the, they don't, the, if the they strictness don't. of the civil service if they're following protocols. Yeah. That's but what the politicians should be there and say, hold on now, lads and lassies, we need to talk to the family. But so, going back to this thing, why do we have to have another uh, investigation? How many, how many reports are we going to have in this? And well, we don't. I think this isn't. This is the very first one. Well, the, there was an internal mm -hmm. investigation. There was an internal, but, yeah, but well, someone... that mightn't satisfy the family, you see, because the family themselves might be saying, well, we want an independent one, and this is what they're getting. You see, this is why there are multiple ones. There's always an internal one. Then there could be HICWA, which is the regulator. Mm. And then there could be this sort of government independent one. Mm. So, so we're, we, we're always in that cycle that... Um, but in, in these three yeah, but kind these, of things, yeah. I'm just wondering in, in, in general, like it's going to be somebody's fault. Yeah. Somebody, there'll be blame apportioned somewhere because yeah. things went wrong. Mm. And was that some people in the staff? Was it the higher echelons of mm. the HSE? Was it the government for not pro properly funding? Mm. You know, I mean, 
And I suppose, is everyone running or going to run for cover? Oh, yeah, inevitably. Um, because they don't want to be blamed for it. Well, that's what's happened, Jim. There'll be different reports that come out, and there'll be all, have all different things in it, and, and no one will be held, held responsible for what happened. Mm. But what the does same thing I, that happened to that sorry David before that woman up in in, uh, in a statement her husband died in a trolley. Yeah, but what Cinema does holding yeah. people responsible? What does that actually mean? You know, if somebody is held responsible, what does that actually? What what are we looking for? If we haven't had a you know uh, benchmarks to go on, and this is such a strange one where it appears. It appears that uh, doctors were not available, whether by their own consent, uh, their own decision, or whether in fact um, imposed by the shortage of medical people. Yeah. But if no individual is held responsible, and maybe no individual is responsible, mm. then it has to be the, the system of operation. Yeah. Mm. That's, yeah. That's the, yeah. Yeah. Like if, if, if lessons can be learned that's so that this doesn't happen again, I surely that is the only, yeah. is the best, yeah. the, the best possible. I'm just wondering, I was listening during the week, the junior doctors are on strike in the UK. Yeah. And they were talking about, you know, people not being seen or looked after for 11 hours. Um, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure what the, 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 the figure is here. It's more than 11 hours. But I'd say it's more than 11 hours. Didn't we have a report in, in, in the previous newspaper, in a previous paper, that it, it was, I think, the ambition is to see people within, within 24 hours. hours. Mm. Yeah. Remember that? And then they weren't even meeting that particular deadline. After all that, I, that do, I, do any of you know about the, the, the 60 minute call? The place in Limerick? Yes, this is the private Pri clinic. Yeah, what is that? It is a private clinic. It's um, it's Leia operates it. If you're a member of Leia, must you be? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And um, because the VHI then will have their own one yeah. um, in different. And these are brand new. They're only just sort of emerging over the last couple of years. And uh, and you will be seen uh, within sixty minutes. I've used it myself. And uh, you have been there. I've been there. So you can tell us then. Yeah. What charge is on you for using the facility? There is no charge if you remember. So covered with insurance. The, the, the insurance company. You're 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 paying this insurance. So it's an extra bonus. It's a bonus. It is. It mm. is. It means that if you have an emergency. Yeah. Um, it is. It can't deal with all emergencies, but there are doctors, there are nurses. Um, it's in Ivans and Cardavan. It's in Ivans and Cardavan. The old Ivans and Cardavan. Uh, the old which? I Ivans in, in that shop. Oh yes, Ivans there in Cardavan. Uh, you, you'll be seen within sixty minutes or before. And sometimes if there's no, there's only a handful of people waiting. And very handy, you know, if a child has broken their arm. Yeah. Or, and will they do? What will they do there? Well, it's a very. It's it's. They will. They can. There are doctors there. They can. X-ray, they can, um, they can, they can do very basic things that an accident. Now, they can, as I said, they can't do everything. Yeah. If you're in serious trouble, you do have to. With go a break, a, a fracture, they fracture, can handle that. Any other thing, you, you respiratory start of stuff, um, anything. And is it, is it confined to daytime hours, or is it twenty four seven? I think it's daytime. I can't be certain mm. on that. Mm. I think it's daytime. 
Okay, just on the other health-related thing, we have a photograph there on page three well, of the Clare Champion of a, a very sad-looking, I would have to well, say. Well, I'm curious as to why it's in black and white, because black and white even makes it more it desolate, doesn't yes. it? Um, he's probably wearing a very nice pink or blue or whatever gown, but we can't see that. This is Deputy Crow yes. um, on a hospital trolley with one of those things uh, giving him oxygen. Is it oxygen through the, yeah, those through things? Yeah, through the nose. And, and God almighty. But he's just after, he's just after having his appendix. Yeah, you'd have to feel no. sorry for him. Um, yeah. it's, no, it, Dan Danaher has, has the story, and he was admitted. Uh, he was admitted on New Year's Eve uh, with, um, what, what was his problem? Appendix. Appendix. Appendix, yeah, so yeah. New Year's Eve. So not a nice time of the yeah. year no. to come in. I'm just looking at his, his tweet here yeah. from where, presumably from where the photo originated. Yes. And that's in black and white. Ah, so uh, you see. it was his decision. Because I think, if I'm correct, by default, if you take a photograph with your camera, it's in it's, colour. It's in colour. So do you think there was a bit of a manipulation in the well, a bit of photoshopping? <laughs> Well, it's an easy thing to turn it into black and white, but you know. But it is easy, yeah. yeah. But it, it is, uh, he admits, he says he didn't receive any special treatment. Um, so he presumably had to wait like, like everybody else. It doesn't say, he doesn't say, does he, how long he had to wait for. No, he doesn't say that. No, no. But anyway, look, we wish him well and, and yeah. appendix isn't, it's unpleasant and it's, it's painful, but yeah. that's not a... He'll, he'll yeah, so he, he, yeah, he had to go to Shannon Dock and then followed by a business to the accident department of Inu Yeah, And he has mm. praise, I think, for the way he was looked after. Yeah. Okay, on the same, uh, on page two of, at the top of page two on the Clare Champion, public confidence in UHL at rock bottom claims TD. And, and that's our own Michael McNamara, who is... Well, he has built up a lot of credits around that one, hasn't he? He has, and he's been very critical yeah. of UHL. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he would say he would turn the other way and go to another hospital rather than face UHL. Mm. Yeah, I, I see, I don't know if you see it, and was it on the news or was it on, on television the other night where a woman in, from Limerick, um, her, her dad, who was 82, um, Got sicker, he was, he was admitted on. But he, wasn't, he was waiting so long on the trolley that she just put him into the car and go into Dublin. And dropped to, Dublin. to a private hospital, yeah. yeah. He was waiting so long, he was there and there was no, there was no, the, there was no light at the end of the tunnel, so she just put him in the car and took him to Dublin, to a private hospital. And what, what if she didn't have a car available? Which I don't know. I know, I'm just yeah. wondering. He'd be stuck there. He'd be stuck there, sure. And then we'd have another uh, tragedy. Mm. On, on a positive note, uh, Ennis Hospital had a, had a, a HICWA yeah. inspection during the year, and it's, uh, it's on one of the, it's on the Clare Champion there, page five, a positive inspection at Ennis Hospital. So I suppose, John, that's a bit of good news. And it's important that, that the, the good side is, is given a bit of airing. Yeah, there are those because who say that Ennis Hospital should get more facilities yeah. and, and be upgraded. Any experience I've had um, with regard to Ennis, uh, I couldn't but say, well done, excellent, yeah. do you know? And Pat, the, the home help, there's a scarcity of, of home help. Uh, you were 
you mentioned it to me there a little while ago. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, the scarcity of home help staff. Yeah, staffing crisis for home help in Clare is the hidden here on page three. And then, then, then there was the story there was great on you. Minister Ren Rabbit um, and, and, and Timmy Dooley there at Clarsford Tax Sports Complex last year. Uh, and also in group independent of HSE needs to be established to fast track the transfer of patients with complex needs from nursing homes into proper long term residential care. This is the view of the Minister for State of the Department of Health and Rabbit. When asked what action she is taking to address the appalling plight of care people with additional needs who have been left languishing in, in nursing homes for years. In an interview with the care champion, Minister Rabbit said an organisation like Acquired Brain Injury, which has experience in helping patients with complex needs and understanding how housing adaptations could work for them should be part of this group. She has received business cases concerning how this group could work effectively. She said placing people under the age of 65 in a nursing home without a pathway to alternative long-term care isn't a solution. So um, there's a, 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 a long story there in it. And, um, and then has the has has it. I suppose it's just all about uh, elderly people um, being looked after. In, yeah. In, in, and and I suppose being looked after in their own homes. In their own homes. Uh, yeah. as, 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 as opposed to having to be <coughs> as much as possible yeah. hospitalised. Okay, a different topic altogether. Timmy Julie and Timmy now, as we mentioned before, will not be resigning when Broadford has got. Uh, or he will be standing, but Dooley seeks special unit within the IDA for floating offshore wind farms. And I suppose that there, there's a fair bit of sense to that, John. In fact, we're sitting here wondering, Jim, why it has taken so long for someone to make this rational uh, determination hmm. that the IDA formally take it under its its wing as a, an extra dimension to its is work. Is this to, um, would it, would the IDA go out and seek companies? Yes, ex exactly. Just the way they seek yes. companies instead in of general. Instead well, of waiting, waiting, just waiting for the door to be yeah. knocked and opened. But how, go like, looking. I think our major issue is the time it takes for like we, there must be companies interested in these things. Any, oh, yeah. any wind uh, offshore company will be looking to countries like Ireland, mm. and we must be talking probably international companies at this stage. But it's the length of time, isn't it, that it, it takes? Yeah, for that, our, that, for, that, for planning and for the offshore license. We did address. One would assume that if they're given national uh, significantly important position in decision making, they'd be able to monitor and control for the kind of things that we spent so long last year. But know, I, I think it would require about. a change in the law. So, so at the yeah. moment, you, the government has to issue tenders, takes a whole pile of months, if not years, for the tenders to be sorted out. And aren't then we, the planning process starts. Aren't we looking at that very uh, you know, uh, difficulty at the moment? Aren't we, uh, is government not in fact engaged? I don't know. In what trying to doing. sort out the very thing you're well, talking about. I know, about. we've been talking about this, and we, a small radio station in East Clare, <laughs> and we've been talking about this for years. 
We've been blowing and, a lot of wind about and, it. I mean, <laughs> are there people, I'd love to think there are people beavering away furiously trying to get this off the ground. Yeah. But I'd have my doubts. Ah, well. And, but I'm just wondering, should the government not let people know how things are progressing in as far as they can? Of course, but why do they not? I think they do, but but they all they're doing is they're saying, oh, the first contracts have been issued and contracts for, I think, one or two places off the East Coast and one off the West Coast was issued recently. But we should be, we should be doubling the speed it takes for tenders to be issued, for the planning process to be done. I'm not sure. And we have a Green Minister, and I no. don't know why he's not pushing all of this or whether there's resistance to Green, it. The Green Minister is more interested in being in Woolies in Thailand than he's uh, about his offshore. There are 40 shades of green. Senator Dooley, anyway, has one of those shades of green because he's certainly on the Green Player page. But I think it's a good idea because the, if the IDA get involved in this, they then can put pressure on the yeah. government. Mm. It's no good in East Clare radio station and, our, and, and, and members of the public who might be listening to us talking to politicians. It's the IDA and organisations like them mm. that would uh, force change. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think. So we, we support the um, declaration by Timmy. Yeah, his proposal. his proposal. If there isn't a dedicated agency, why not the IDA? But John, uh, other countries have have all these floating wind farms. Why, why can't we go send somebody dedicated over to Holland or over to Scotland or over to all the, the countries that have this? Why not? Why, why not send over someone and find out what, what are the pitfalls and what yeah. aren't the pitfalls? How they and, did it. And how they did it. Are we doing that, John? We don't know. Like, no, but you're putting it up to the, the, but the group I to would, consider I would it. go further and I would say we should establish a state, semi-state company a bit like the ESB, yeah. that would build these, that we, the taxpayer, invest um, in that company. And uh, we have, this week it was announced that we have record corporation okay. tax That's profits, enough. which we're saving for the rainy day. But I would have thought, why not put that into, into uh, this sort of infrastructure? And tell me, what about the impediments that are in place? That's what I'm talking about. There are the, there are these impediments. Yeah. Um, the planning, planning. I think it's time is the major impediment because ultimately, but you we can very. The, you would hope that there are less objections to putting these things out into the ocean mm. than there are on, on yes. land. Yes. So you would have thought that the but it's just time. The time for the tenders, the mm. the shore licenses. And, and, and it's not knowing where we are in the timeline. Yeah. In the timeline, yeah. yeah. So, Jim, I, I mean, wh where do we, <clears throat> where do we move on this one? Besides, well, sure. we, I mean, we can support maybe, Timmy and maybe we should bring in Timmy into uh, maybe a Saturday chronicle and uh, uh, we, 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 we were actually writing him down. We had him written down. Yeah. Hadn't we, Jim? We had, indeed. Dedicate yeah. a, a, a section of the programme to the, yes. the um, Winfair mission. Yeah. OK, listen, we'll, we'll change topic again. Uh, front page of the Clare Champion, uh, and they're discussing the, the split season of the GEA, where, at the moment, it's, it's pretty much all inter-county, right up, starting in January now, with the various competitions, so right up to July. Today, isn't it? 
I think this weekend. This yeah. week, yeah, the football was played last night. Cork and Clare football played in Clackastle last night. We won't mention. We won't mention the results. <laughs> preliminary game, or whatever it is, in the yes. McGrath Cup, or yeah. just a preliminary competition. But, but right up to July, the All Ireland yeah. hurling and football mm. finals, and after that, then it's club. Yeah. And it's from the end of July right through the rest of the year. The clubs have complete freedom to mm. run. And their is this club. not a good thing? Well, not everyone thinks so. The, one of the arguments, I suppose, has been that the GA are giving August and September up at national level yeah. to other sports. To other sports? To other sports. Well, you see, soccer and rugby um, and very other sports, you know, get the limelight because there's nothing happening at national level yeah. in the GA, yeah. which mm. is what some people... Now, the other side of the argument is, I suppose, that... It, it gives the, the lifeblood of the GA, which are the clubs, a chance, a chance to yeah. run their competitions. Well, I think I think the sh- I think it should be put, pushed out another small bit, maybe out to the middle of August, and have that island the fifteenth of August. Would you Would you bring them? Uh, I would because I, I think it's very unfair on, on, on players. They're, they're out week in week out. When the championship starts now, Clare will have a game against Limerick on on, on, on a Sunday. Didn't they have to go to Cork the following Saturday evening or Sunday? I should like to that. They have another break in a week and then they have two weeks, two games yeah. and top each other again against Tip and Waterford. So when do the clubs come into play? Well, the Championship will come into play when that island is over, John. So and we're talking August. about late summer. You're talking about clubs. August. August. Yeah. But they'll be playing league games, uh, of course, all the leagues. And Why does there have to be a league? The club league games will be played in, in, in during the, during the Championship. It sounds as if there's too many games and you're, the GA are trying to fit too much into, the, into yeah. a very small year. That's I suppose the, the kind of high profile is the inter-county, the All-Ireland Championships yes. in hurling and football. Um, the clubs, you know, will not be able to use their inter-county players. At that time. At that time. Mm. For example, you yeah. know, in Fecal now... Um, the goalkeeper and the cornerback, uh, Adam Hogan and... and yeah. Ivor Quilligan. Ivor Quilligan. They can't play with their club until Clare are out of the All-Ireland. Mm. Um, and that might be... In the old days, that was the end of September. Mm. You know, and then yeah. the, the club competition start. Yeah. And it's kind of... It was thought that it was unfair to all the other club players who were kind of hanging around, yeah. mm. doing nothing meaningful, playing league <laughs> games, but league games are played without their county players, so that's, mm. you know. You've players then, they'll go away for the summer, they'll come back for the championship, they'll be gone off once the colleges finish, of the, the, you know, the, especially the students, they'll head off to the States, they'll head off to Canada, yeah. wherever. Mm. Okay, anyway. They'll the summer, and they'll come back and play here on the championship. Mm. Um, I was just looking there on, on page 16, of the, the care champion uh, and Ronan Scully's thought for the week is spreading the word of positivity and uh, he suggests we smile more in 2024. <laughs> you see, John, there's a lot to be said for it. People would like to see you walking down the street of Scarab smiling. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I think mostly he does. I think mostly he does. That's, a, that's a serious bit of a bit of writing now. That oh, it is. Yeah, so, uh, it is. Yeah. I, I I will always remember an interview uh, panel that I I was going for a job, a successful job, I might add, the job I'm currently in, and there was about 
seven people, and they were fairly serious, top brass uh, uh, members of the university. And one person stood out. And why did she stand out? Because she smiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she put, and as a result, I concentrated on her, and I was at ease. So there is something to be said, Jim. I yeah. think about smiling, even in those pretty oh, serious. You know, we times. we often we often say uh, those of us who hit the small ball, the golf ball. You know, okay, you're standing on the first tee, and this could happen in any course in the country. But I was trying it out on my friends anyway. Um, you put down your ball. You try to get your mind into the suitable mood, okay, which is positive. When Mickey Joe beside you says, John, don't forget now there's an no, out of bounds on the right hand side. <laughs> Psychological. I bet you invariably ask that of any, in any sport, and you'll be told, yes, it does impact negatively. There are personalities that thrive on negativity. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, like, a bit of a contradiction anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we've one minute left in the first half of the programme. Uh, the progress, I'm looking at page oh, 14 yes. on the Clare Echo again. Progress of UL to Montpellier Greenway needs to be watched. And that's uh, Councillor Michael Begley, independent uh, councillor from that area down there and uh, he's, he, this greenway of course will eventually come up to Killaloo and then onwards to Scariff and eventually I would say to Mount Shannon and uh, connect up with other greenways. Is it by the, is it by the coast Jim? Is that the or same greenway? I was going to say the side of the river. Yeah. Tipperary one, you're looking for one. Is that, is that the greenway going from no, the I, it's, university it's, up to, up to at, at, at Tipperary is it no? No. No, this is, this is, this is the, the, the 40-kilometre Greenway will begin in Limerick City Centre, travelling along the Park Canal to the Black Bridge, which is out of circulation at the moment, Plassey, and then we'll continue along the Erina Canal to Clonlara yeah. before arriving at the Ardna Crusha Head Race. And then from Loch Derg, the Greenway will continue through Killaloo before reaching Scariff Harbour. Hmm. So we've been, we've been talking about this now for a good while as well. Well, you know it very well. You, yes, you, it's, it's, a, it's a route I'm familiar with, but, but uh, Mon- it's good to be reminded that they're thinking about it, but I don't but think Mon- any Pierre, routes have been selected. I'm, what, 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 I, I'm me. <laughs> Just two seconds, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Progress of you will to Montpellier. Well, Montpellier is the other side of the bridge. It is, of course. It's the other side of the bridge to O'Brien's it, Bridge. Yeah. But I'm presuming it's the, the one. Same one, yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah okay, Pat, can yeah. we ask you to, since we are just over half time, can we uh, have a look at uh, and see what bit of music we might enjoy? Uh, and Joe, Dolan, Joe Dolan is 16 years dead on the 28th of December. So we love It's You, It's You, It's You from Joe. Okay, Pat, from thank you very much. 1981. Lovely, we'd have Joe Dolan.
you very welcome back. You were listening to Joe Dolan there, and it's you, it's you, it's you. Uh, thanks to Pat for that. You're listening to Scarif Bay Community Radio and local media this week, and we come into part two of our show. Um, I suppose one of the things, usually with part two, is to do with East Clare, but there's a few different things that we might have a word with first, a word about first. Um, some of the 30-year um, material which is released after 30 years in by the government and by the, the civil service. And there are some interesting stories there. Uh, John S., when, when Mikhail Gorbachev arrived, uh, did you call down to, to <laughs> welcome him? Patriot of the Championship. Were you one of the lads causing trouble? The 1984 State Papers. Yeah. The thing about the, about the State Papers, it always reveals some fascinating things that were going on that we were totally unaware of. I was aware of the, uh, the essence of this article for, for a number of years, the Gorbachev article, because people, like the time John F. Kennedy came, they couldn't get close enough. It didn't make any difference what John F. ever did in life. The women fell for him, didn't they, in a big way. Okay. Were they falling for Mikhail Gorbachev? They were. Okay. Of course, he was, was a celebrity. He was a celebrity, was a celeb and, and very good. This was 1984, at the height yeah. of the Cold War. But the, the the story the story goes that the plane had hardly come to a, a halt when there was a rush for the apron and the guard of honour set up. Okay, but uh, there's only so many places available, if you like. So the question is, who determines who gets what, who gets to shake his hand? So. The closer you are to, uh, to uh, your own Irish celebrity, who is most certainly going to be shaking his hand and kissing him as well. Well, the closer you are there, yeah, but you see, you had a, a scouting group who were charged with the responsibility mm. of control. And so they, there was great difficulty. It was an embarrassment to the, to the uh, uh, Department of Foreign Affairs. Yeah. A, a thorough embarrassment. But as you say, John, it is... I think we only ever get half, half the story, and it's only when the state papers are released yeah. um, that you that you get even some of the story. Yeah. Uh, there's another story there. President Hillary avoids contact with Prince Charles and Princess Diana. Yes. 1984. Th 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 this was um, because of the very recent death of Bobby Sands, MP, on hunger strike after 66 days, and the president did not want to have anything to do with Prince Charles and his wedding, um, now King Charles, um, because, well, he felt that it sent out the wrong message. The government, it caused a headache for the government, in fact, that the president wouldn't. And yet, um, it says here that the president went out of his way to go to the funeral of Princess Grace of Monaco and a very large Irish delegation. Went <laughs> well, that's understandable. Well. Yeah. It with, is. With roots in County yeah. Mayo. True. Mm -hmm. And then the third part there is um, a, friend, uh, a friend there of Pat. Fidel Castro made his own <laughs> Irish coffees in Shannon. Isn't that right, Pat? Yeah, he had three, he, he had three coffees. And no, he had Irish, whiskey, Irish whiskey. whiskey to them. Yeah, we would do a propaganda job for him, he said, after drinking three Irish coffees. Irish whiskey is far better than scotch. Irish is the best whis whiskey in the world. And he had stopped off in, in, in Shannon and he was hoping to have a, have a trade relations with, with Ireland. Yeah. 
So um, I suppose I don't think he was going to. No, he was going to. Because we of Russian planes, maybe four or five every day, flying through Shannon, landing and refueling in the Shannon, stopover, and heading for Havana. Havana. Yeah. Those, those were the days. And okay. He, he even got the chance to make up his own coffee and handed a cup of Moron to different people. Listen, we're talking about East Clare in the second half, but on page 14, the North and West Clare page, and mm -hmm. um, there's a very friendly, and we talk about smiling in the first half of the show. There's a big smile from a man who has uh, graced the studios here, Pat. Oh, here's Joe, yeah. And uh, but he's, he's talking in particular about um, the story of uh, married bliss and a school in, in Fenor. Fenor, yeah. Milton event to, to relive the, the famous Fenor school case. One of, one of the most intruding scandals in Clare history will be brought back to life in Milton, Melbourne, next week, next Tuesday, the January 9th, at the Old Kill. Rabbi Society will host a talk on the Fenor School case presented by Joe Creeley. At the centre of the Fenor School case, which ran from 14 to 22, was Michael O'Shea, principal teacher of Fenor National School. You, you were a teacher there, John. You might take up that rest of it. Well, I can tell you what, <laughs> it, it, it underlines the, where the power uh, lay. <laughs> Looking at Jim down the one, he knows bloody well what I'm talking about. Um, the manager of the school was usually the local priest yeah who had of course nieces and nephews and all that kind of thing and uh, in the case the the priest wanted mick what's his name michael michael, 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 michael wanted him to marry the school assistant the, the school teacher, assistant yeah. teacher the fellow teacher and i mean he wasn't too warm to it no, no I have no idea what you look like, uh, and I've never been offered a situation like that, so I wouldn't <laughs> be in a position to... Even though you did marry a teacher. Even though I did marry one. Well, well the other complicating factor was that Mr. O'Shea had a fiancé up in Galway. Well, that, oh. would, that would have a certain <laughs> impacts, wouldn't it? It would, I think. I mean, the fiancé might have two things to say yes. about it. And the bishop was brought in. And then the, the bishop came in, and, and yeah. What did the bishop do? Instead, he received a three-month uh, three uh, notice of dismissal, yeah. which he appealed to the bishop of Galway. Yeah. Dr. Thomas Ordee, the bishop, attempted to discredit Mr. O'Shea, accusing him of being an ineffective teacher and therefore being overly fond of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. O'Shea was asked but refused to take a pledge against drinking. When the three-month notice expired, he continued teaching retaining 60 to 80, to 80 pupils in Fenor and moving the classes to his home, a building which came with the job from which he was later evicted. Hmm. So it's a, it's a good story, oh, isn't it? Is it? A yeah. But as you say, John, it, it says a lot about the times and, yeah. well, those times continued, I suspect, down to relatively recent memory. Did they, and then, and then Did they? Ah, the influence of the... Of yeah, the, the, the I suppose... Down, certainly down to the 60s, maybe yes. the 70s. And that's only uh, yesterday, see, the 60s. Yes, I mean, if you, one of the things, if you fell out with the local parish priest who was manager of your school, oh, yeah. life would be more difficult, oh, no yeah. doubt about it. Would it be And also, back maybe a little before my time, when you had a visit from the inspector, the inspector, who were all powerful back then, the inspector would call first to the parish priest.
mm. and they'd have tea and they'd have a chat and everything. So if you fell out and with the parish priest, you probably fell out with the inspector as well. Yes. Which meant that life was incredibly difficult. The idea of giving three months' notice, like to yeah. a principal. But um, local parents continued to support him and another building was found, but he was forced to move away when the bishop refused to confirm the children. It was very so bitter. bitter. It bitter was a bitter thing, yeah. sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. But fair play to Joe Queeley for bringing it back to yeah. Is it giving a talk? Is it, the is giving a talk on it? Okay, so let's go on and, and we'll stay with East Clare. Uh, John, do you ever do these spot the difference uh, competitions? <laughs> I didn't do the competition. I used to do the spot the ball, the good old days. Yes. And I'd have geometric lines going all over the, the photograph. Uh, never, never uh, had any luck. You know what I mean. I know. Well, I wonder for our listeners on page twenty-six of uh, the Clare Echo and their their weekly spot the difference, where they have two identical photographs but with seven differences to be pointed out. Supposedly seven differences, because <laughs> it has really disturbed us that we can't find the seventh. Seven. We can <laughs> now find maybe six. I'll tell you the spot that the seventh difference is David Fleming is not in either of the four. <laughs> <laughs> so that's certainly a difference. But we we tried it here when we when we when we arrived and we can only spot six and they're fairly well hidden, Jim, I have to say. They're very they? well hidden. They are. Yeah. They're excellent. But the studio, this is where we sometimes record for those of for those listeners who are curious what we look like and indeed what Corrick McMahon looks like um, and the studio in its festive appearance uh, well worth getting the Clare Echo just for that and even cutting it out and sticking it in a scrapbook absolutely absolutely a hundred okay. years time we yeah. go on there is a notice as well just while I think of it on, on some papers about Christmas trees. There is, Jim, and uh, it's page 14 of the, uh, of the Echo, and I'll find it there in a minute now in the Champion. And it's how you dispose of your, of your real Christmas tree if you wanted to, if you, which you should. Yeah. Um, and there are, between the 5th of January and the 20th of this month, you can dispose of your Christmas tree if you're in East Clare in the Scarif Recycling Centre. Um, it's closed on Sundays and Mondays, but it is open on Tuesday morning and Wednesday and Thursday afternoon and Friday afternoon and Saturday all day. And uh, it's, you know, rather than burning it or dumping it, um, this is probably the best way to get rid of it. And more importantly, it's free. Okay. John, I'm just, I was thinking of you when I was looking at page 13 earlier on today. Of the... Uh, Beckman Coulter. Well, I... Uh, no, I know you mightn't be too familiar with Beckman Coulter, but you certainly were familiar with the site and the, what Absol existed there previously. Absolutely, absolutely. But and it's... Was Fleming GmbH, and of course it was also... Yes. And Roders. And Roders, the, uh, the... What do you call it? Manufacturer. Mm. What was it? The Pewter. Pewter, good Pewter. man. Um, and uh, prior to that... Uh, O'Callaghan Westrop. Yeah. So it was an interesting circle if you think about it. The native Irish being dispossessed. Okay? O'Callaghan from North Cork, your territory, 
you know. That's right. <laughs> so sometimes Cork happily... people have to come up to Clare. <laughs> um, it took Cromwell once. And <laughs> I don't know. So, how it so and then and then from there to Fleming. Fleming MBH, the micro, the, the well, they'd be the German Flemings, no? German Flemings, they were, yeah. They'd be distant yeah. cousins. Two, 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 yeah. two, 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 yeah. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, and then uh, Olympus, and then finally Beckman Coulter. Now, when you think about it, it's a factory according to the tradition. It shouldn't be there at all. No, you know. Yeah. It's neither. It's neither close to a, a population center. It has confounded all the critics. It has about 550 people working there. And today's article, permission sought for major new development at Beckman Coulter, for God's sake. Like, I mean, it is a fantastic success story, isn't it? And it's a hugely important... Uh, Skill level. Well, for East Clare. Oh, yes. An employer in East Clare. Yeah. It's, so it's absolutely. I understand now. It's an American company, is that right? Beckman Coulter. It's an American yeah. owned. It is, yeah. Yeah. Of course, it's in your territory, Pat. It's well, yeah, situations in O'Callaghan. That change for them, which is O'Callaghan's means. I hope you're getting yeah. a share of the corporation tax. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, we we wish them well in Beckman Coulter. Oh, absolutely. Many absolutely. of our listeners yeah. are employed there, and long may continue to grow. Yes. Uh, Looking at page seven, Pat, I was, um, there's an article there on page seven of, of well, people I know well, certainly. Um, it's tea time for Ellie at the Auris, and it shows a picture of our president, Michael D. Higgins, and his wife, Sabina, and members of the Kavanagh stroke Bugler family. Family, yeah. It's tea time with Ellie at the Auris. Sharon Darcy, Dolan Darcy has the, has the story there. Uh, like many other parents, we were home schooling during the lockdown and trying to think of innovative ways to encourage Ellie to write during that time. The letter is all about my mother, Sheila Kavanagh, and about her life where she lives. Her age is six, and even the whole thing of her going up to Dublin when Claire played in the other island, Holly Fylde in 208, and now she found her seat was so high up. Uh, it's a third-class student who wrote a letter to President uh, Michael De Higgins during the four-week lockdown when was the very few selected, uh, uh, selected special guests to recently attend Arsene Oakton afternoon tea with President Ellie Bugler, whose parents, Anne and Noel, come from Mount Shannon and Scarif in the East Clare and now live in County Offaly, wrote to the head of state when she was seven years old, telling him about her grandmother, Sheila Kavanagh. So it's just, uh, just a nice story. And, uh, the, they look, they look very well up there in the office and Michael D. And yes, yeah. well, it's, it's a lovely story. And yeah. I was talking to, during the week, I was talking to Colm Kavanagh, who was Sheila's son. And by all accounts, she really enjoyed it. And oh, of course. Had a great uh, day. Yeah. Delighted yeah. to be there. Yeah. Can, uh, I, can I just uh, mention one thing, since I see the president there, and it'd be a message the president would send out. Yes. It's an ad just below... Uh, on the bottom right-hand corner of page 7, which says, Register now. If you don't vote, someone else is deciding for you. And if you're not registered to vote, you can't vote on referendum day. Did you know we're about to have a referendum? On the 8th of March. Yeah, sure. So, in order... And, and it is to amend the Constitution about 
removing or amending that article about a woman's place in, in the home, the controversial article. It's on the 8th of March, but you, in order to be able to vote on that, and indeed to be able to vote in the local elections and whatever else might be coming up, um, you have to be on the register. So if you want to vote for the referendum, um, you're encouraged to check theregister.ie. Where will a listener now to this, where will they find... Uh, their we- how to register. How to well, register. the website is theregister.ie. But they don't, yeah. they don't have any... If AI. they don't have internet access... Say it for call to the, the, the libraries, John, or yeah. the, the library, the, library, the, library, yes. the, library the post office, the yeah. Garda station. Yeah. 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 So we're recommending fairly immediate yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's, uh, they're targeting young people because there's a young fella pictured... Um, and they should have all internet access, but uh, should we, would, we, we'd be recommending it, wouldn't we? Should we have a debate on the proposed... Well, if you can get anybody who might be opposed <laughs> to it, we should. <laughs> well, we can create a, a ghost opponent. Yeah, a devil's advocate. A devil's advocate. Indeed. Yes. Okay. Um, looking at... Yes. During the Christmas period... There was a tractor run, uh, a very successful tractor run uh, in Bodai Pass. Yeah. There are some photographs there. Yeah, there's a photograph there, Jim. In, um, oh, yeah, it's on page, um, page six, or page eight of the clerical. And uh, it was organised in Bodai, um, organised at Jerry Walsh and Emil Ali of Rahim Hospital's tractor run in Bodai. Over 100 tractors took part in the fundraising exercise, raised over 5,000 for the East Clare Hospital. And James Tracy has the photograph there. And, 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 and James, has, on, James has another photograph, Pat, on page five, uh, with um, the same event, and uh, Alan O'Callaghan, Councillor Alan O'Callaghan. Oh, yeah, and a neighbour of mine there, uh, 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 Ashton Tracy. Yeah. Alan is big into vehicles anyway. He's, yeah, he's, he? uh, he's been well very much in, 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 in rallying. Uh, rally. And um, the rallying, the. the it's there on, the, on page uh, 19. The, uh, it's actually to be decided today in Limerick and the Midwest in a bid to host with the World Rally Championships and, and Limerick Race Course is going to be is put up for the service area uh, in, in 2025. Okay, of course. Killarney and Waterford and as well, so they were, they were deciding, they were being interviewed today and it was decided the week, going to be decided the weekend. Okay, Jim. There's an article in the Clare Echo, Power of Attorney. Yes. Uh, all I'm doing is recommending that you buy, the, you don't have to buy, the, the Echo is free. And on page, somewhere in it, you'll find this article on what the power of attorney is and why it is absolutely essential. It's on page 18, page, page 18. Page 18 of the... That, uh, that um, you have a situation where it is absolutely essential that you know what power of attorney is and that you know how to uh, use it, get it and use it. And it's in that short article, well worth getting the paper for that alone. Mm. Okay, yeah. very good. Okay, uh, just a couple of things. Traffic camming. Um, in on page Ogunlo. in Law, well, and, and in Killaloo, yeah. yeah. where um, there <coughs> demands for traffic camming in Killaloo for the schools, 
where the schools are, and also in Ogunlo. In Ogunlo. That's on page, on the east there page. Yeah. Yeah. And just there, there's another article there, um, uh, I suppose we, we should mention it, uh, on page 18, uh, just above the one that John was talking about, slight decrease in clear road facility, uh, fertilities. So uh, there's 184 people killed last year. So, um, Which was up a good up, bit from, up, the up from, from the year before. And uh, there's, a, there's an article there all on it, and maybe people should read it as well. On page, um, it's on page 18 of the of the echo of the Clare echo. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, we had and one fewer death I think in County Clare yeah. this year than last year. Okay, there's a piece in the paper about tourism beds in County Clare, which we don't have time to get into, but it's you know it's certainly worth looking at. We could come back to that next and week, we, Jim. We we covered the death of Kevin Griffin a few weeks ago, um, a former principal in Ballina yeah, National yeah. School. Mm -hmm. And his his death his, his wife passed away within a few days within a, within a week, week or two yeah, anyway yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. so I mean we, we I I've met Kevin Griffin and remember him didn't yeah. know him very well but uh, he was certainly a legend down in Ballina yeah he was from Dolan I, I know his brother Peter Griffin really he was married to an uh, uh, and they had a guest house in this from Verna and Peter died last year as well he's yes. he didn't did too long. Okay, so listen, that's, I think, all we're going to get around to today. We're coming up towards the, the end. Uh, our thanks to everybody, to John S. Welcome, Jim. And, and to Pat, and to David. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. And to Luke for uh, keeping us all on track, or at least doing his best, though. <laughs> um, Pat, what have you got for, uh, to play us out? Well, we hope Luke will have time for this uh, Ultravox with Vienna. Oh, yeah, mid -jure. Yeah. Yes, okay, very a lovely choice. Okay, that's it for this week. Um, we'll see you again with God next Sunday at 2 o'clock. From us, for now, goodbye and God bless. We walked in the cold air Freezing breath on the